favorite books of the Bible is the book of Joshua. <laughs> you guys have heard me talk about it many times over the years. And so I was blessed to uh, kind of uh, be on bat for Joshua 24:15, where it says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Joshua 24. We'll be, start, we'll be looking at verse 14 to start. But as a parent, I love to be able to share things with my children. And my kids over the last uh, couple of years, um, they've heard me say many things. Sometimes it's good things. Sometimes it's things that maybe I wish they wouldn't have heard. But a lot of times, it's things that I remembered hearing as a child. And so we've done different things in our homes where I was a child of the 90s, and so my kids hear these one-liners from movies. And so maybe you've heard this one-liner before, much too good for children from the, the classic 90s movie of Matilda or Aw Data or Days, Nights, Weekends or Baby Ruth or even put that cookie down. And so over the years, we would say this in our household, and then my kids would go to class, and they would say it to their teacher, and their teacher would be like, I know what movie that was from. Now, I, I like to be able to do it with my kids, and now that we're watching some of these movies as a family, they're like, oh, Dad, that's where you got that. That's why you always say that. But I love these words of Dr. James Dobson. He says that there is nothing more important than for a parent to pass on a generational legacy of faith and values to their children. Today, that is what matters most. It's being passed on a faith in Jesus Christ. A generational legacy that hopefully will be passed down from generation to generation to generation. That is something that I was very blessed with as a child of, of hearing my grandparents and great-grandparents talking about how good God was, and then my parents, and hopefully my kids are not only hearing that from me, but seeing it. That's our desire as parents. And so Dr. Jo Dobson says, that is what we should be passing on, is a legacy of faith. Joshua knew that. He didn't get it from Dobson. He got it from Moses, and he got it from the Lord himself. And so Joshua, right before he, he goes and he, he leaves this earth and goes into heaven, he wants to make sure to set the stage right for the people that he faithfully served over all of these years. And so we read in Joshua 24, 14, and 15, kind of his farewell address uh, to the Israelites. Remember, they had already gone into the, the land of milk and honey, the promised land. And now they had to make sure to set those things in the right place to be able to follow God. And so we'll look at this quickly and look at what verse 14, because remember, this is at the very end of his life. This is like him saying, this is the last thing that you need to hear, that you need to put in place for the next generations to come. And in verse 14 of chapter 24, it says, and now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers that it worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if you are serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, 
Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of the forefathers beyond the river, the gods of the Amorites, and those lands that you are living. But as for me, and I love this, what Joshua says, he has chosen and he declares what he has done. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, he seems very passionate here. He warns of the dangers in chapter 24. And I would like to encourage you maybe later on the rest of this week or tomorrow to take a look at what 24 says. But Joshua's warning the people and he tells them that they need to make that decision like he made to serve the Lord, to fear God, to leave all of those distractions in the past, all of those other things that might desire us to serve them and to choose God. You see, today we have to make a choice. And that choice is not just a choice in one time. It is a daily choice. I, I love this, uh, this old passage, this old kind of quote, and it talks about salvation. Salvation is not provided as a one-time thing. A believer must continuously choose whom he or she will serve. As with Joshua and the Israelites, serving the Lord was not a one-time choice, but a daily choice. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, and this was Moses, this day I have called heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses, now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you whom love the Lord your God listen to his voice. If we love God, we are to listen to God's voice, what God is saying. And when we listen, we hold fast to him, Moses says, for the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land to whom he has sworn to your forefathers. You see, today we have to choose daily to follow the Lord. And when we choose daily, we come across choices all throughout the day. I was on um, one of the, uh, in my past, I was, used to study mental health and that's what I, my education is in. And so I'm always going back to old psychological journals just to kind of see where, what they're saying today because it was different than it was when I was in school. And uh, I came across this old journal and it talked about the decisions of today. And, and in this journal it suggested, which uh, a lot of psychological journals can get things wrong, all right, let me go ahead and state that, but that there are over 35,000 choices that people make a day. Now, that's hard to understand, and they go through and they break it down of what that means. But today, there are a lot of decisions that we have already made. There's a lot of decisions that we will make tonight. Conscious decisions. And what Joshua is saying here is he is encouraging the believer, encouraging the people of God to choose the Lord. To choose the Lord in their own lives and to pass it on to the next generation. Now, I, I was, as I was studying today, I, I was 
I was finding out like all of the different things that generations are going through today. All of the struggles of this world. And then I found out, and I was, as I was studying, I was looking in the scriptures on different ways that we as families can put the priorities in the right place. And so that's what I want us to do over the next minute or two. And for some applicational things for families is to remember that there is an enemy. There's an enemy that would love nothing more than to take every generation down, starting with you. Next would be your kids. The second thing is that we must include God in ordinary conversations. Make God a part of everything that we do. You know, in uh, the academy, we, we, used to, we used to call this biblical integration. How to take a science textbook and add in the Bible into it so that it applies. How to do it with math. And so that was biblical integration. But I love what the Bible says about this. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, it says that these commands that I'm giving you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up, when you tie symbols on your foreheads, bind them around your foreheads, and write them on the door frames of your houses. And so what it is saying is saying the Word of God is to be with us in all aspects of our day, when we come, when we go, when we sit, when we sleep, when we walk. And so as parents today or as grandparents that biblical integration is very important to have that a part of our day. Parents, and this is something that I have to remind myself, is let me encourage you to slow down. Lay aside all of the distractions of life. There's lots of distractions that we are dealing with right now. One of them is something that I, when I was thinking of it, as, as I was in my office today, and I was like, all right, so if there's 35,000 decisions today, how does that really work? And then I made a decision to look at my phone. And then I made a decision to look away from my phone. And then I made a decision to look at my phone. And, and it was kind of a battle. And so I kept on making these decisions, and, and I started thinking about it. This right here is probably one of the greatest distractions that we have in our homes. Put it aside. You know, we made the decision like two weeks ago to buy my 15-year-old a phone. That was a battle especially when he had been telling me for the last four years everyone in his class had one every single day. And so now we're trying to help him. But guess who his role model is? The guy that keeps on looking at his phone. Be careful. Set the examples. And when you set the example, that's how we're to lead. We lead by example. I'm so blessed by so many of you when I see your kids all about in this community or when they're out there in the comments, they look you in the eye, they smile, they're respectful. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Continue to keep it up. Now, I've noticed that a lot of your kids have already started graduating and they're out in the workplace. It's such a pleasure to be able to see them out and doing well. That's because you guys are setting the example for what is right. Let me encourage you to spend time as a family. Support your children, their interests. They all have different bins. Encourage them. You know, that's what, uh, that's what Samuel wrote 
in Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, what his bend is, what is his direction, what God has called him to do, those areas in his life, and that when he is older, he will not turn from it because you have shown him the way to go. I love listening to Chuck Swindle on this topic, and he's always talking about the bent of kids and how different they are and finding out which direction that they are supposed to go. Now, we all know the direction of the Bible, but each and every child is different. Four kids at home, at our house right now, every one of them is different. But our God is the one thing that stays the same, and so we want to help them along the way. The seventh one is going to be the thing that we're going to be doing right now. Fervently pray and seek God's guidance. When I had kids, I prayed harder than I had ever prayed before because I was entrusted with something. I was entrusted with something that was going to be the third part of the most important part of my being. First, I'm a believer. Second, I'm a husband. Third, I'm a parent. I'm a daddy. Some of you are daddies and mommies or grandparents. You have been entrusted with so much. Now, what about those that maybe don't have kids at home? When we seek the Lord, our church is entrusted with youth, with kids of all ages, and with families. And so as we're dedicating this time to pray for the families, the next generation, that doesn't leave some of us out of prayer. We're to do battle. Because one thing that I know when I see your kids, when I see these kids in their classrooms, is that there is hope for the next generation. Because Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we, we've been seeking since we've worshipped, is the same size in them that is in us today. That Holy Spirit is strong, and that Holy Spirit has a mighty work that he is going to do in their lives. And so over these next few moments, you're going to see prayer points on the screen. And these are prayer points that we've decided as a church to be able to dedicate, to pray for. You're going to notice that we have, a, we have these prayer slips down here too. Let me encourage you to grab some. Pray over them. I've noticed that about 25% of them are about children. You'll see here as we pray for these and as we dedicate this time, we're doing battle tonight. We're doing battle for the next generation. We're doing battle for God, with God, and we're doing battle against the enemy. We recognize that there's an enemy today that would love nothing more to, to kill, steal, and destroy families. Spend these next few moments in prayer over these points. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you'll be with the families of our church and our community. Lord, that you'll give moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas wisdom on how to lead their families, how to guide them. Lord, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will fill them, Lord, so that they're able to, to lead with gentleness 
with self-control, with love, peace, and joy. May those homes, Lord, be filled with joy, Lord, as they have declared that you are God of that home. Lord, I ask, Lord, those parents, Lord, that they won't rely on a decision that they made years ago or even yesterday, but Lord, a decision that they make at that moment, that day, and may it be new, that they have chosen to follow you. They have chosen to put you number one in their home. So Lord, would you be with those, those families where they have a healthy fear of you, Lord, and may their children be 100% in awe of God because their parents have set that example. Lord, I ask, Lord, even beyond the example that's being in the home, but Lord, that you'll be with those children. Lord, that you'll give them strength. Lord, for the ones that are sick right now. And Lord, even as I was reminded today, driving my kids to school, Lord, of kids that right now that are in the hospital with medical problems, with cancer, with accidents that have happened on the road right here in our local area. Lord, would you heal those bodies, those little bodies, Lord. Those little children. The ones that are right here in this area, Lord. Thank you for loving them. Thank you for your care upon them. Would you protect them, Lord. Lord, help families to abide and to walk in the obedience that you give us through your word. Lord, I know that it is one thing to be able just to say with words. Another thing to live it out day by day. Would you help those parents to set that example? Lord, I also ask, Lord, that those families that have decided to be able to serve you, Lord, would they get the strength that they need, the direction, the comfort. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that there will be unity within that home. That there will be peace in that home. Lord, if there's conflict between husband and wife, that you'll bring unity. Lord, that as they are seeking an answer to maybe this conflict, Lord, that they'll seek it together as they seek you, the one that has the answers. Lord, would you heal those marriages that are struggling? Lord, I also ask for a provision. Lord, as we go through a world that is, seems to get darker, that seems to be desperate, Lord, thank you that we serve a God who does not lack anything. And so, Lord, those provisions of resources and finances, provisions of wisdom, the provision of direction. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're a God that has all of those things at your fingertips. Lord, would you pour out your blessing, pour out your wisdom and your direction upon these families. Lord, I ask right now as we're in this room together and, Lord, as we are a family here at this church, Lord, that you'll pour out those things right now as we seek you. 
Lord, I know that we all came here maybe seeking different things, but we seek the same one. And that's our God. That's the Creator of heaven and earth. That's the one that's promised to never leave us nor ever forsake us. So Lord, we seek that tonight. And Lord, tonight as we come before You in prayer, we also come before You in worship, knowing who You are, knowing that You have heard us, knowing that You have the resources, knowing that You are a God of answers. And so, Lord, tonight as we close this time of prayer, we close it in worship to You. One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Joshua. You guys have heard me talk about it many times over the years. And so I was blessed to uh, kind of... Uh, be on bat for Joshua 24:15, where it says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Joshua 24. We'll be, start, we'll be looking at verse 14 to start. But as a parent, I love to be able to share things with my children. And my kids over the last uh, couple of years... Um, they've heard me say many things. Sometimes it's good things. Sometimes it's things that maybe I wish they wouldn't have heard. But a lot of times, it's things that I remembered hearing as a child. And so we've done different things in our homes where I was a child of the 90s, and so my kids hear these one-liners from movies. And so maybe you've heard this one-liner before, much too good for children from the the classic 90s movie of Matilda, or Ah Data, or Days, Nights, Weekends, or Baby Ruth, or even Put That Cookie Down. And so over the years, we would say this in our household, and then my kids would go to class, and they would say it to their teacher, and their teacher would be like, I know what movie that was from. Now, I, I like to be able to do it with my kids, and now that we're watching some of these movies as a family, they're like, oh, Dad, that's where you got that. That's why you always say that. But I love these words of Dr. James Dobson. He says that there is nothing more important than for a parent to pass on a generational legacy of faith and values to their children. Today, that is what matters most it's being passed on a faith in Jesus Christ. A generational legacy that hopefully will be passed down from generation to generation to generation. That is something that I was very blessed with as a child of, of hearing my grandparents and great-grandparents talking about how good God was and then my parents. And hopefully my kids are not only hearing that from me, but seeing it. That's our desire as parents. And so Dr. Jo Dobson says that is what we should be passing on is a legacy of faith. Joshua knew that. He didn't get it from Dobson. He got it from Moses and he got it from the Lord himself. And so Joshua, right before he, he goes and he, he leaves this earth and goes into heaven, he wants to make sure to set the stage right for the people that he faithfully served over all of these years. And so we read in Joshua 24, 14, 
and 15, kind of his farewell address uh, to the Israelites. Remember, they had already gone into the, the land of milk and honey, the promised land. And now they had to make sure to set those things in the right place to be able to follow God. And so we'll look at this quickly. And look at what verse 14, because remember, this is at the very end of his life. This is like him saying, this is the last thing that you need to hear, that you need to put in place for the next generations to come. And in verse 14 of chapter 24, it says, And now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers that they worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if you are serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of the forefathers beyond the river, the gods of the Amorites, and those lands that you are living. But as for me, and I love this, what Joshua says, he has chosen and he declares what he has done. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, he seems very passionate here. He warns of the dangers in chapter 24. And I would like to encourage you maybe later on the rest of this week or tomorrow to take a look at what 24 says. But Joshua's warning the people and he tells them that they need to make that decision like he made to serve the Lord, to fear God, to leave all of those distractions in the past, all of those other things that might desire us to serve them and to choose God. You see, today we have to make a choice. And that choice is not just a choice in one time. It is a daily choice. I, I love this, uh, this old passage, this old kind of quote, and it talks about salvation. Salvation is not provided as a one-time thing. A believer must continuously choose whom he or she will serve. As with Joshua and the Israelites, serving the Lord was not a one-time choice, but a daily choice. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says, and this was Moses. This day I have called heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. And that you whom love the Lord your God, listen to His voice. If we love God, we are to listen to God's voice, what God is saying. And when we listen, we hold fast to Him, Moses says. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land to whom he has sworn to your forefathers. You see, today we have to choose daily to follow the Lord. And when we choose daily, we come across choices all throughout the day. I was on um, one of the, uh, in my past, I was, used to study mental health and that's what I, my education is in. And so I'm always going back to old psychological journals just to kind of 
see where, what they're saying today because it was different than it was when I was in school. And uh, I came across this old journal, and it talked about the decisions of today. And, and in this journal, it suggested, which uh, a lot of psychological journals can get things wrong, all right, let me go ahead and state that, but that there are over 35,000 choices that people make a day. Now, that's hard to understand, and they go through and they break it down of what that means. But today, there are a lot of decisions that we have already made. There's a lot of decisions that we will make tonight. Conscious decisions. And what Joshua is saying here is he is encouraging the believer, encouraging the people of God to choose the Lord. To choose the Lord in their own lives and to pass it on to the next generation. Now, I, I was, as I was studying today, I, I, was, I was finding out like all of the different things that generations are going through today, all of the struggles of this world. And then I found out, and I was, as I was studying, I was looking in the scriptures on different ways that we as families can put the priorities in the right place. And so that's what I want us to do over the next minute or two, and for some applicational things for families is to remember that there is an enemy. There's an enemy that would love nothing more than to take every generation down, starting with you. Next would be your kids. The second thing is that we must include God in ordinary conversations. Make God a part of everything that we do. You know, in uh, the academy, we, we, used to, we used to call this biblical integration. How to take a science textbook and add in the Bible into it so that it applies, how to do it with math. And so that was biblical integration. But I love what the Bible says about this. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, it says that these commands that I'm giving you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up, when you tie symbols on your foreheads, bind them around your foreheads, and write them on the door frames of your houses. And so what it is saying is saying the Word of God is to be with us in all aspects of our day, when we come, when we go, when we sit, when we sleep, when we walk. And so as parents today, or as grandparents, that biblical integration is very important, to have that a part of our day. Parents, and this is something that I have to remind myself, is let me encourage you to slow down. Lay aside all of the distractions of life. There's lots of distractions that we are dealing with right now. One of them is something that I, when I was thinking of it, as, as I was in my office today, I was like, all right, so if there's 35,000 decisions today, how does that really work? And then I made a decision to look at my phone, and then I made a decision to look away from my phone, and then I made a decision to look at my phone, and, and it was kind of a battle. So I kept on making these decisions, and, and I started thinking about it, this right here is probably one of the greatest distractions that we have in our homes. Put it aside. You know, we made the decision two weeks ago to buy my 15-year-old a phone. That was a battle, especially when he had been telling me for the last four years everyone in his class had one every single day. And so now we're trying to help him. But guess who his role model is? The guy that keeps on looking at his phone. Be careful. Set the examples. And when you set the example, 
That's how we're to lead. We lead by example. I'm so blessed by so many of you when I see your kids all about in this community or when they're out there in the commons. They look you in the eye. They smile. They're respectful. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Continue to keep it up. Now, I've noticed that a lot of your kids have already started graduating, and they're out in the workplace. It's such a pleasure to be able to see them out and doing well. That's because you guys are setting the example for what is right. Let me encourage you to spend time as a family. Support your children, their interests. They all have different bins. Encourage them. You know, that's what, uh, that's what Samuel wrote in Proverbs 22.6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, what his bend is, what is his direction, what God has called him to do, those areas in his life And that when he is older, he will not turn from it because you have shown him the way to go. I love listening to Chuck Swindoll on this topic. And he's always talking about the bent of kids and how different they are. And finding out which direction that they are supposed to go. Now, we all know the direction of the Bible. But each and every child is different. Four kids at home, at our house right now, every one of them is different. But our God is the one thing that stays the same. And so we want to help them along the way. The seventh one is going to be the thing that we're going to be doing right now. Fervently pray and seek God's guidance. When I had kids, I prayed harder than I had ever prayed before. Because I was entrusted with something. I was entrusted with something that was going to be the third part of the most important part of my being. First, I'm a believer. Second, I'm a husband. Third, I'm a parent. I'm a daddy. Some of you are daddies and mommies or grandparents. You have been entrusted with so much. Now, what about those that maybe don't have kids at home? When we seek the Lord, our church is entrusted with youth, with kids of all ages, and with families. And so as we're dedicating this time to pray for the families, the next generation, that doesn't leave some of us out of prayer. We're to do battle. Because one thing that I know when I see your kids, when I see these kids in their classrooms, is that there is hope for the next generation. Because Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we've been seeking since we've worshipped, is the same size in them that is in us today. That Holy Spirit is strong, and that Holy Spirit has a mighty work that he is going to do in their lives. And so over these next few moments, you're going to see prayer points on the screen. These are prayer points that we've decided as a church to be able to dedicate, to pray for. You're going to notice that we have have these uh, prayer slips down here too. Let me encourage you to grab some. Pray over them. I've noticed that about 25% of them are about children. You'll see here as we pray for these and as we dedicate this time. We're doing battle tonight. We're doing battle for the next generation. We're doing battle for God, with God. 
and we're doing battle against the enemy. We recognize that there's an enemy today that would love nothing more to, to kill, steal, and destroy families. Spend these next few moments in prayer over these points. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you'll be with the families of our church and our community. Lord, that you'll give moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas wisdom on how to lead their families, how to guide them. Lord, I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, Lord, will fill them, Lord, so that they're able to, to lead with gentleness, with self-control, with love, peace, and joy. May those homes, Lord, be filled with joy, Lord, as they have declared that you are God of that home. Lord, I ask, Lord, that those parents, Lord, that they won't rely on a decision that they made years ago or even yesterday, but Lord, a decision that they make at that moment, that day, and may it be new, that they have chosen to follow you. They have chosen to put you number one in their home. So Lord, would you be with those, those families where they have a healthy fear of you, Lord, and may their children be 100% in awe of God because their parents have set that example. Lord, I ask, Lord, even beyond the example that's being in the home, but Lord, that you'll be with those children. Lord, that you'll give them strength. Lord, for the ones that are sick right now. And Lord, even as I was reminded today, driving my kids to school, Lord, of kids that right now that are in the hospital with medical problems, with cancer, with accidents that have happened on the road right here in our local area. Lord, would you heal those bodies, those little bodies, Lord. Those little children. The ones that are right here in this area, Lord. Thank you for loving them. Thank you for your care upon them. Would you protect them, Lord? Lord, help families to abide and to walk in the obedience that you give us through your word. Lord, I know that it is one thing to be able just to say with words. Another thing to live it out day by day. Would you help those parents to set that example? Lord, I also ask, Lord, that those families that have decided to be able to serve you, Lord, would they get the strength that they need, the direction, the comfort. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that there will be unity within that home. That there will be peace in that home. Lord, if there's conflict between husband and wife, that you'll bring unity. Lord, that as they are seeking an answer to maybe this conflict, Lord, that they'll seek it together as they seek you, the one that has the answers. Lord, would you heal those marriages that are struggling? Lord, I also ask for a provision. Lord, as we go through a world that is, seems to get darker, 
that seems to be desperate. Lord, thank you that we serve a God who does not lack anything. And so, Lord, those provisions of resources and finances, provisions of wisdom, the provision of direction. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you're a God that has all of those things at your fingertips. Lord, would you pour out your blessing, pour out your wisdom and your direction upon these families. Lord, I ask right now as we're in this room together and Lord, as we are a family here at this church, Lord, that you'll pour out those things right now as we seek you. Lord, I know that we all came here maybe seeking different things, but we seek the same one. And that's our God. That's the creator of heaven and earth. That's the one that's promised to never leave us nor ever forsake us. So Lord, we seek that tonight. And Lord, tonight as we come before you in prayer, we also come before you in worship, knowing who you are, knowing that you have heard us, knowing that you have the resources, knowing that you are a God of answers. And so Lord, tonight as we close this time in prayer, we close it in worship to you.